This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. In Genesis 32, 24, Genesis 32, 24, it's just simply called, there wrestled a man with him. It's kind of like Melchizedek appears out of nowhere. We don't, know his, we don't know where he comes from. We don't know anything about him. All of a sudden, he's there. He says, as a man wrestled it. And we see this man was from Hosea chapter 12. Hosea, where we are. Hosea verse two, 4. Hosea verse 4. Hosea 12, 4 says, he had power over the angel. So the man's an angel. Okay. But then we see in verse 3 of Hosea 12, Hosea 12, 3, Hosea 12 through, through 12, 3, he had power with God. So this man is God. And, and Jacob uses his own strength, all the strength that Jacob had, his own strength, and he put into that wrestling match with that man who was an angel, who was God. Who, and it was an all-night wrestling that, eventually, that, made, that resulted in Jacob's thigh going out of, being put out of joint. The man, the angel, God, puts Jacob's thigh out of joint. Instantly, the great wrestler, the champion wrestler, Jacob, now becomes a great clinger, a trembling clinger who will not let the man, the angel, God go. And God said in verse 4, Hosea 4, Hosea chapter, Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, he says, Jacob had power over the angel and prevailed. And God said in verse 3, Hosea 12, 3, Jacob had power with God. Hosea 12, 3 through 4. Hosea 12, 3 through 4. By his strength, he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. And when we read that, we say, wow. Jacob had power over the angel and prevailed. Wow. Jacob had power with God? Who has power with God? How could Jacob do that? How did Jacob have power with God? What was his secret? Who doesn't want with power with God? What was the secret? And God told Israel and God's telling us what Jacob's secret was. God told us what Jacob's 
did to have power with God in verse 4. In verse 4, Hosea 12, 4. He wept and made supplication unto him. That's it. That's it. That's it. He cried and he prayed. That's his secret to power with God. Tears and prayers. Tears and prayers. And God says, you betcha. Yes. That's how Jacob gained power with God. Through tears and prayers. Tears and prayers. He didn't start out that night that way. He didn't start out that night with tears. He started out his wrestling match. He didn't start out his wrestling match with tears. Jacob started that wrestling match with self-confidence. A strong man, he says. He sees himself as a strong man. But when something happened that night, and when Jacob's thigh was put out of joint, everything changed. Jacob's self-confidence went out the window, vanished like a leaf, blown away with the wind, and Jacob became a new man, no longer a wrestling man, he becomes now a crying man. He's a man that's crying. He cries like a baby. He clings like a baby. And when Jacob cried and clung like a baby, God said, he's got power with God. Because when Jacob cried and clung like a baby, that was a critical moment. And that was when Jacob became Israel. A prince with God, a man who has power with God, Jacob's tears were more effective than with God than Jacob's wrestling. Jacob's clinging to God was more effective than Jacob's fighting with God. With fighting, Jacob was not effective. But with tears and dependence on God, clinging, Jacob prevailed. And when the morning broke, Jacob came out of that night with a new name, Israel a new devotion to the God of Israel, a new understanding that that man who wrestled with him was God. He said it. He said it in the name of the place. He said, Peniel, I saw God last night face to face and my life is saved or preserved. And he came out with a new destination from hell to heaven. And he came out with a new purpose in life, a purpose to serve the living God. Everything was new that morning for him. It was for Jacob, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things, behold, all things are become new. After that night, all things were so new for Jacob that he emerged that morning like a new babe, like a newborn babe. 1 Peter 2.2, 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That morning when Jacob emerged from that night of having his strength broken, of having his self-confidence broken, of having his independence from God broken, Jacob had experienced what, what, what the Lord Jesus talked about in John 3, 3, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jacob was born again. Everything was new that night. That was a great change that happened in Jacob's life when Jacob became Israel, a prince with God. And this is what God is wanting to slowly walk the Jewish people through, slowly take a walk with them, with him 
down memory lane. He wants them to look back and see what it was with God. See, it's prayers, it's tears and prayers and dependence on God that makes a Jacob in Israel. That's what it is, not a name only. So God is trying to get the Jewish people to follow in Jacob's footsteps. Will you walk where he walked? Will you cry like he cried? Will you pray like he prayed? Will you depend on God like he did and then be in Israel with God? Because when a person is humble and crying and praying and relying on God, that person is a prince with God. That person is in Israel with God. And if a person is proud and self-confident and arrogant and independent from God, that person is a Jacob, still a Jacob, not changed. And this is what God wants for his people in Hosea 12. He wants them to see that in order for them to, to, to make their way back to God, they got to see what the road is and why are tears and prayers and dependence on God so effective in getting power with God? Because that's who God is. That's who God is. God said about himself in Isaiah 42.3, Isaiah 42.3, one we've been studying in Matthew, a bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. When a person's wholeness is broken like a bruised reed, God said, I won't break it off, but, but I'll nurse that, that broken reed back to strength again. Why? Because God said about himself in Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. God loves to heal. He loves it. He loves it. If God was going to choose a profession, he'd be a nurse. I don't know. He'd be a doctor. He, he loves to heal the broken. When a person's usefulness in life has failed, and he feels like the wick of a lantern that will not catch fire and give light, just like a flax and wick that just sits there and smolders and smokes. The Lord says, I'm not going to rip that useless wick out, throw it away. I'm not going to quench it, replace it with another, because God cares, and he cares for us, and he cared for them, and because he is the first Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7, that we should cast all our care upon him, for he cares for you. Tears, prayers, reliance on God, those are effective with God because God said about who he is, the great creator. He's the great creator and he, who, who, and he enjoys being with the community of people that cry and pray and rely on God. This is what he said in Isaiah 66.2, Isaiah 66.2, for all these things that my hand made and all these things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. Now God asked the Jewish people, remember this about Jacob. And remember there was another important time in Jacob's life. Let's take a, keep walking down memory lane. He says to them, keep walking. Because there was another important time in Jacob's life. And this was the time when Jacob had his first encounter with God at a place called Bethel, where God said, in verse 4, Hosea 12.4, Hosea 12.4, he found him in Bethel. What happened? What happened in Bethel? Genesis 27.41 happened. Genesis 27.41. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother is touching thee, touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee, mother, to Jacob. 
Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Tarry with them a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee. And he forget that which thou hast done unto him, that I will send and fetch thee from hence. Why should I be deprived of also of you both in one day? Then came Genesis 28.10. Genesis 28.10. Jacob went out from Beersheba and toward, went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows Oof. and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, the ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it and behold, the, oath, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the east and to the west, to the north, to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in the place, all places where thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up and early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, which means house of God. And so Hosea 12.4, God says, Will you remember this? As we walk together down memory lane, we remember this, and he says in Hosea 12, 4, he found him in Bethel. What condition was it that God found Jacob in when he found him in Bethel? At Bethel, God found a Jacob of a man who was desperate, who was forsaken by his family. Everyone on earth he had forsook him. He could say about himself at that point in his life, Psalm, 40, Psalm 142, 4, Psalm 142, 4, I looked on my right side, and behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. That was Jacob. One member of Jacob's family, his brother, was vowing to kill him. And Jacob knew that their relationship could never be the same again, ever. Another member of Jacob's family, his father, he just had lied to. He just had deceived and to steal the birthright. And Jacob knew that his relationship with his father could never, ever be the same again. As a matter of fact, Jacob didn't know it. But when he ran away that day, he never saw his father again alive. Another member of Jacob's family, his mother, pretty much threw him under the bus. As it says in Genesis 27, 43, we read it, Genesis 23, 43. It says, now therefore my son will be in my voice. He says, he says, go away until you, thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. And then I'll fetch for thee, and why should I be deprived of you? She called what happened to Esau, thou which done to him. Truth be, so, truth be told here, record set straight, Rebekah ordered Jacob to lie and say that he was Esau. Rebekah orchestrated that whole thing by giving Jacob the script, the clothes, the hair, the food, everything to trick Isaac. And when it came down to her owning up to what she did and to steal the birthright from Esau, Rebekah just said, well, until he forgets what you did to him. <laughs> you? Ooh. How's it feel under the bus? 
What about that? What about that? What about that? That which I told you to do to Esau. Rebecca denied that she had any responsibility in the scheme. She was probably scared, and rightly she should, because she's the one who had to stay home with the murdering Esau. What might he do to her? Jacob could not rely on his mother for support. After all, Rebecca told Jacob that, look, I'll call for you to return in a few days. Genesis 27, 44, tarry with them a few days until thy brothers turn away. Then I will send and fetch for thee from hence. That was the last words that Rebecca, that was the last words that Jacob heard his mother say. I'm going to call you in a few days, just a few days, Syria. He waited, waited. No word came from Rebecca in the few days, turned into a few weeks. And if no word came from Rebecca, a few weeks turned into a few years. No word came from Rebecca. A few years turned into a couple of decades. No word ever came from Rebecca. And so Jacob was alone and Jacob was forsaken without a friend in the world. On that first night when he was on the run, when he left home, he was all alone. He was quivering in fear. He was, it was cold. It was pathetic, pathetic to see Jacob trying to find some comfort. What do you do when you want comfort? You go to bed, you get in a fetal position, you grab that pillow. You said, pillow, give me some comfort. What's he do there? He gets hard stones to make a pillow that night. And somehow those cold, hard stones were like the world that he tried to use as a pillow, that he tried to hold, that he tried to curl up with and get comfort that night. And that was the state that God found Jacob in when it says he found him in Bethel. And God said he found Jacob in Bethel in verse 4. And why did God find Bethel, uh, Jacob? Why did God find Jacob in Bethel? Because he was looking for Jacob. That's why. Because he was searching for Jacob. Because as Jehovah Jesus put it in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, lost Jacob. And God found lost Jacob because God was looking for lost Jacob. Because God was looking for the lost. Actually, everyone is lost every one of us, but not everyone knows and not everyone admits that they're lost. And when Jehovah Jesus said that he was searching for the lost to save them, I think he meant he was searching for those who know they are lost. Just like Adam and Eve knew they were lost after they sinned, they felt embarrassed that they were naked. And it says in Genesis 3.9, Genesis 3.9, the Lord God called unto Adam and said, where art thou? And God knew where Adam was. He knew where he was. He's God. He doesn't have to wonder where Adam is. But the question was, did Adam know where he was? Did Adam know where Adam was? That's the question. Did Adam know where, that Adam was lost? And that was God's real question in Genesis 3, 9, when God said to Adam, where art thou? God was asking, God was asking Adam, ask yourself, where am I? Because God can only save the person who knows he's lost and comes to him as a dirty, rotten, lost sinner. And so in verse 4, Hosea, Hosea 12, verse 4, we read something we, we didn't expect. We didn't expect this. And at first glance, we could think, oh, maybe there's a misprint in the Bible. Whoa, this can't be right. Can't, can, can there be a misprint in the Bible? Only in the Friendship with God Bible, as God points out, a verse is missing there. Never got to forgive you for that, Josh. I mean, uh, Scott, anyway, but this is not a misprint in verse four. A misprint in verse four, no. 
Hosea 12, 4. He found him in Bethel and there he spake with us. He spake with us. With us? Shouldn't that be he spoke with him? Doesn't the Bible mean to say that at Bethel, God found Jacob and he spoke with Jacob? Isn't that what the Bible means to say? Does it really mean that God found Jacob and God spoke with us? That's exactly what it means. Because that's exactly what God is trying to tell us. Why he's trying to tell us, why he's trying to tell Israel. What happened at Bethel when God found Jacob? True, it's God, it, it was true that God did speak with Jacob, but God spoke with us at Bethel. How could God speak with us at Bethel? That was almost 4,000 years ago. How could God, how, how, how could what God said to Jacob be considered as God speaking to us 4,000 years later today now? The answer to that question is the same answer to the question that the Sadducees had when the Lord Jesus was speaking to those Sadducees when he was correcting their wrong view about life after death, which they believed there was none. And the Lord Jesus told those Sadducees in Matthew twenty-two thirty-one. Matthew twenty-two thirty-one. but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, I is the God of Isaac, God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The Lord Jesus there is quoting from the book of Exodus from a conversation that happened between God in a burning bush and Moses. And God said from the burning bush to Moses that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was said to Moses about 1,500 years before the Sadducees, for this event with the Sadducees. And yet the Lord Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-one, Matthew twenty-two thirty-one, that God told what God told Moses 1,500 years earlier was spoken to them. And this is the wonder of God's word. This is the magnificence of the Bible, like no other book, that God directed his Jewish people in Hosea here to, to, to listen to in order to return to God. That God, and the point is this, that God in his great power spoke his word to the person that he was speaking to at that time, like when God spoke directly to Moses from the burning bush, like God spoke directly to Jacob at Bethel. But at the same time, God spoke those words directly to Moses and to Jacob. God spoke directly to us also and to them because God in his great power, in his great wisdom, in his great wonder, made his words to be spoken to them and to us thousands of years later. And that's how we are to see the power of God. And that's how we are to remember him. As it says in verse five, verse five, this is the Lord of hosts. The Lord is his memorial. We in Israel are to have this memory of God as God who takes the broken person like Jacob and makes him into an Israel prince of God. And God said, this is the road back to him. This is the road to turn back to God. Remember, this is our God, the God of mercy who will revive and receive the broken heart. As he says in verse six, verse six, therefore, turn thou to thy God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. And thank you, Lord, that, that you do, Lord, not cast us off. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.